Welcome in to episode 31 of the Woopig Weekly Podcast, your weekly source for all things Arkansas Razorbacks. Episode 31 is brought to you by University of Traditions. If you need an everyday hat to wear or a hat to take out to the lake, you know, go in the gym anytime you need a hat, go check out University of Traditions. They have a, a great Fayetteville collection where you can get an Arkansas hat, you know, reps your school pride. And on top of that, you can use promo code VSN15 to receive 15% off your order thanks to Variety Sports Network, so go check them out today. So we'll jump right in here with some Arkansas football news, where Arkansas this past week received a commitment from in-state three-star wide receiver C.J. Brown. He's a guy that's from Bentonville and will be part of the, uh, Arkansas's 2024 class, so you know, yet another great receiver addition to next year's class that will hopefully be you know, a class that will take us into – the new SEC conference season next year is, you know, that schedule was released last week. So, you know, we look forward to getting him on campus. And then Hunter Yurchek had some great news for Arkansas fans last week where he announced coming this fall to Donald W. Reynolds Razorback Stadium, Big Reds. It's going to be largest outdoor sports bar that is going to be, that is in an on-campus venue. So be on the lookout for that next season. I bet that'll be a hot spot for game days as well as the the rumor out there is is that it's going to be open Friday nights before the game with live music as well. So what do you think about that, Seth? Yeah, I saw the uh, some pictures of them actually getting the steel structure started. It's I, if I remember correctly, they're building it kind of on top of the north end zone addition. Um, it'll be up on the roof there essentially, but. Uh, it's going to be kind of a, a pretty cool hangout spot from from some of the concept pictures I saw, as well as being able to hang out there on Friday nights, you know, prior to games. Maybe go get your uh, your tailgate spot claimed and then go hang out up there at Big Reds for a little bit and then crash for the night and do it all again the next day. But um, definitely some cool things coming to the stadium, um, especially with the way, you know, a, a lot of the, the rules have changed around alcohol and stadiums. You're able to I think you'll see more of these types of venues coming, you know, kind of down the, down the line. Hopefully we're setting the standard here to an extent with one of the biggest ones that's ever been on an on-campus venue. So definitely an exciting thing. And I, I, uh, I've got all the, the respect in the world for Hunter Yurchek on never, never being content. Seems like he's always got another project up his sleeve that he's wanting the university to put into place. That's very true. I was about to say, he he never ceases to surprise me with things he's got going on, you know, and with, you know, behind the scenes and then makes great announcements like this. So this, I think that'll be big for the atmosphere at the university, just on continuing the improvement of that great atmosphere at Razorback Stadium. And so we look forward to that next, this, this coming football season. And so we'll bounce over to some basketball news where Arkansas still has that one roster spot left to fill after the whole Grant Nelson debacle, the apparent leak that he was committing to Alabama and then the silence since then. So nobody really knows what's going on with that yet. Um, there's been different types of rumors here and there, but, you know, we're not here to spread rumors. So, you know, once he says something official, you know, we'll let you know whether it be he comes to Arkansas or not. And, you know, hopefully it would be, but from the news we got coming up, most likely he will be sticking with Alabama. We'll just have to wait and see. But over the past couple of days, Arkansas had Memphis transfer Chandler Lawson on campus over the past couple of days for a visit. He's a 6'7", 215-pound forward that played at Memphis the past two seasons, and before that he was at Oregon. 
This past season, he played in 35 games where he averaged five points per game. So he's a guy that if if he gets that final roster spot, will most likely come in and be a just a, a bench player, kind of a role player for Must that, you know, won't contribute a lot, but can be there in case we get in foul trouble, you know, or some guys need a break, something like that. So, you know, what do you think about this 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 player visiting? Well, you know, I, I really don't know how it's going to shake out as far as how we fill that last roster spot. I know there's been all kinds of things thrown around with Arbogast or, or um, Lawson Blake maybe potentially getting that scholarship spot. But if they go out and get somebody, you know, it's great and I'll get the best player you can. But I think that at the end of the day, the goal is really just to have just that one extra layer of depth. You never know how season's going to go. You never know who you're going to need. And you never know who's going to step up. So um, just going out there and getting guys that – always have a chance and have that, that little bit of hunger to maybe prove something. It's never a bad thing. So, I mean, we'll, we'll keep y'all posted depending on how this shakes out. It's very true. And so kind of on top of that in, you know, kind of, I guess, competition for that last rush spot, you have Arkansas is in the top three announced today for, you know, four-star Chris Johnson, who's a player for this, this year's recruiting class that, you know, very similar to the Ron Holland situation where he released, he requested for his release from in his letter of intent to play for Kansas, you know, got that, you know, release, I believe a few weeks ago, and then has been back to the recruiting, you know, stage to see, you know, where he might go. And, you know, from what we've heard, his final three, he's down to Arkansas, Texas, and Washington. So yet another battle with Texas to see who might come out on top for a, a top recruit for this year's class. You know, it is late in the class and he, he, he is a point guard. Arkansas seems like they're, you know, very point guard, guard heavy this year's class, but uh, he's 6'4". His scouting report on him says he has a paint, t- is he is a paint touch point guard with great size, has a quick first step into the paint and has the IQ to make the read with what the defense gives him. So, you know, we just talked about this, you know, transfer from Memphis visiting on the flip side of that. What do you think about this recruit, Chris Johnson, that Arkansas could potentially land if depending on which way everything shakes out? Well, to me, it's kind of same story. Um, yeah, you're guard heavy already to an extent, um, but you don't know who are going to be those guys that really step up and, and are the ones that, performing crunch time you know most always seems to kind of figure that out about halfway through the season you know who his, who the guys that he really wants to play his rotation of you know seven eight nine guys whatever it is um so it's it's never a bad thing to have more options than maybe you need i know I, it's probably not the best thing for some of these kids coming in to an extent that may not get as much playing time but you get if you're a player coming in you've got to know that you're coming in with some competition to try to vouch for those those playing time spots um, and, and just from a fan's perspective, the more quality talent you have, the stiffer that competition is going to get, which also kind of, you know, the, the old edge of iron sharpens iron. You're, that's how you're going to get your best results out of your, your team, out of your players individually and all that. So I would have no problem seeing this kid come here. I mean, like, like you said, he's another point guard, but having that level of competition and those guys kind of making each other better in practices and things like that is, it's it's only going to do good things in my head. That's very true. I think this, you know, is very interesting to see. He's the second player, and I know there's probably a few more out there that has requested a release from his letter of intent, you know, after he's already signed with a school to look for another home, whether it be like 
Ron Holland going to the G League or, you know, this player looking for another school to go to, you know, I wonder what's kind of getting into several of these, you know, guys that commit and then decide they want to go somewhere else. You know, that's a very interesting thing that's been occurring this past, you know, recruiting year. You know, what's your thoughts on that? Um, I I think we could sit here and speculate till we're blue in the face on on these kids' reasons. I'm I'm sure they all have their own individual reasoning. Uh, I mean, it could be nil related, could be you know coaching related. I know that probably had at least something to do with Ron Holland um, being released from his letter of intent. Just the coaching situation there at Texas is a little dubious. Um, but anyway, I, there there's a plethora of reasons you know some of these kids could have that makes them change their mind, I guess, if that makes sense. And so I, I'm trying not to read too much into it. And hopefully we can kind of avoid being in those situations down, you know, years from now where we have, you know, top talent. Hopefully whenever we actually get a legit commitment, it stays a legit commitment. But I definitely understand players trying to do the best thing for their game and for their future careers, you know, whether it be in college or trying to get to the pros, whatever the case may be there. So I'm not to think too too much about it that's very true it's like Seth said you know you don't really know what's going through these kids heads you know whether it be like like you said coaching situation you know nil deals that you know may fall through or not be what they thought they were going to be but um ultimately like you know it's their decision you know their life that's where, where their career wants to take them so you know, we'll just have to wait and see with us being in the top three there, you know, how that final roster spot's going to shake out. You you would think that with it being middle of the summer, you'd want to be getting that pretty quick. I know most of our other recruits and transfers are already on campus. So, you know, whether it's that transfer from Memphis or this, this uh, high school recruit coming in, you know, I feel like both of those, they're going to have to have a decision pretty quickly, you know, to get on campus with these players and start, you know, that team bonding and, you know, that cohesion that you're going to want to see before season. Yeah, that's very true. Um, that's the one thing that has kind of stuck out to me a little bit odd this year is how many how many players it seems like there's been late announcements that they were transferring or, you know, kind of like this situation, almost a late announcement that they were trying to get released from their letter of intent. So I, I, I'm sure there's all kinds of reasons around that. i my personal belief is that there is a lot to do with NIL. Um, I'm not going to say bidding wars, but things of that nature, you know, where, where players are realizing, okay, if I do go here, I can make this amount. And those those types of situations, I mean, you had um, – I can't remember his name off the top of my head. The player from Michigan that ended up transferring to uh, Kansas um, that we were wanting to be in the running for, honestly. He, he basically came out and said that it was strictly a money decision just based off of how much money he could make if he went and played for Kansas versus how much he was making while he was playing in Michigan. So that is definitely a, a factor. I don't want to blame everything on that, but it is definitely a factor con- to consider. So I think that Very may true. have something to do with wh- why some of these late announcements and last-minute decisions are being made. Yeah, and so maybe that's something we get, we'll be able to give you an update on next week, you know, if we fill out that final rush spot and who it's going to be. You know, I know one thing that, you know, is exciting to see for this upcoming basketball season. I know Musk said this is, you know, this team's going to be the most well-conditioned team you're going to see, you know, next year, which coming from him, you know, this team runs the floor hard to begin with any Musk team. But to, for him to say this team's going to be his most conditioned team, 
it is a pretty bold statement there. And also I've seen where Musa said that, you know, a report that said, you know, this team is further ahead, further along than last year's team as far as, you know, the teammates bonding and creating that those relationships with each other and, you know, we'll be playing together. And hopefully that, that lets the team kind of get off on the right foot a little bit quicker than, you know, midway through, you know, that, that non-conference play. So, you know what I like? I like to be comfortable. I also love representing my favorite sports teams. And in the clutch, I am able to have the best of both worlds. In the Clutch Apparel is your one-stop shop for all things sports. They have officially licensed gear from all your favorite teams and players from the NHL, MLB, NFL, and more. They have sports classic tees from yesteryear and beyond. Check out their full website in the link down below when you enter the promo code Variety Sports. You get 10% off everything site-wide. Feel comfortable with your sports apparel and go over to their website now at intheclutch.com. And don't forget to use our code Variety Sports to get 10% off. With that said, we'll uh, bounce over to some Arkansas softball news um, where we're kind of on the recruiting and transfer trail where Arkansas received a commitment from Southern Miss grad transfer pitcher Morgan Linestock, who had a, a 2.56 ERA last season with 185 strikeouts and 70 walks and 183 innings pitched. Um, so some pretty stellar numbers there um, from that grad transfer. Morgan Linestocks will be excited to have her on campus. Um, we got another uh, transfer commitment from Auburn transfer, Bria Ellis, who was named the 2022 SEC Freshman of the Year, hit a team leading 275 um, for Auburn with 14 home runs and 47 RBIs. So adding a little bit of pop back into the lineup, um, We've said it time and time again, Courtney Doffel doesn't rebuild, she reloads, and this is a prime example of that. And then lastly, we've got an, another commitment from Mississippi State transfer, right-handed pitcher, um, I believe it's Reese Furlan, who had a 3.13 ERA last season with 69 strikeouts and 33 walks in 76 innings pitched. So already getting some commitment news for the softball girls, and uh, it seems like we're, we're bringing in some top talent kind of reload if that makes sense yeah for sure you know we we mentioned nia carter last week who's the big 10 hit leader and then you know we've got Bree ellis coming in and then also these two pitchers you know you you look at courtney diafel addressing some needs that you know i think last year's team as good as they were i think you were missing a little bit of that that pop from the bat at times and you know you're bringing in some experienced players but then also you know a key thing that i think diefold is addressing right away out of this transfer portal is you got to think you got to replace Janice Dells and, you know, what better way to go out and get a, you know, a grad transfer pitcher that has experience. And like Seth said, 183 innings pitched with 185 strikeouts. That's some big numbers for a pitcher. So that's a pitcher that you can see can clearly go a lot of innings and also can control the zone very well. And then also you've got a young pitcher from, Mississippi State that's you know freshman last year and is kind of coming on to coming into her own and then you you know we have returning pitchers Hannah Kamenzen, Robin Heron, two pitchers that you know really came into their own in the year last year, especially Hannah Kamenzen coming in clutch in some of our key games late down the stretch. So 
you know, like Seth said, Courtney Diefel, she she just reloads every year. And, you know, I would almost say she's giving Moss a run for his money on, you know, how she hits the transfer portal. That's a pretty good take, man. She's she's uh way up there as far as ability to uh go out and get needs replaced and it seems like everybody she gets is just really, really top talent type type players, um, and that it really is starting to show with just the the talent level that's on the field for Arkansas softball year in and year out these last couple of years. It just seems like every year, kind of kind of similar to the basketball situation. Um, there may be a few questions up front when the when the year starts, but once everything kind of gets rocking and rolling, man, there the sky's always the limit. I know. Regionals didn't go how we wanted it to, and, and really the softball season was cut a little bit shorter than I think a lot of us thought it might. But they were still in the running there, man. And you just that's the that's the key to eventually winning a championship is just give yourself good opportunities. That's very true, and I think it's something that you're going to see, you know, continuously. I know we we talked about it a little bit before the show, just you know, the fact that what Courtney Diefel does at Arkansas is the fact that you know you look at Arkansas softball attendance. From the 2022 season to this past season, we, Diefel and this team, increased the average attendance from a little over 1,800 to 2,800 here at Bogle. So, you know, she's getting people to come out and pack the ballpark and, you know, getting all the support for the the, the softball girls that this team is has the making of a championship team that I think will get there. You know, Courtney Diefel is – you know, seems like she has that mentality. And like we said, bringing in that top talent, it seems they get on campus and, you know, sees that culture that's here and then they're, they're ready to get here and, you know, get to playing. Got to go through Oklahoma eventually. But uh, like like I said, you just got to give yourself those opportunities to, to make deep postseason runs. And I think Diefel really is a great coach at that. That's very true, and you mentioned that they're going to be a new conference foe coming up here. So, you know, that'll be big matchups, at, whether it be at Bogle or at Oklahoma, you know, for two top-tier programs. But with that, we'll jump over to some Arkansas baseball news. Is You know, Van Horn's hitting the transfer portal hard as well, you know, bringing in some depth and reloading some of, you know, for what we could lose with the major league draft and some of those recruits that may – decide to go pro so arkansas did receive a commitment from missouri transfer outfielder ty will wilms meyer you know he's a super senior that has one year of eligibility remaining and last year at missouri he batted 311 along with seven home runs then dave van horn also got a commitment from jack wagner who spent last season at tarleton state he previously played for kansas before that and this past season, he hit 337 with 15 home runs. And then Dave went out and addressed the shortstop position where we know we're losing John Bolton. We lost um, Harold Cole to the transfer portal. So he went out and got, excuse me for pronunciation here, Wahiwa Aloy from Sacramento State. He hails from Hawaii. He was the WAC freshman of the year and also earned all fresh freshman all-american honors this past season at sacramento state where he hit for crazy big numbers of 376 along with 14 home runs last year so we're definitely seeing 
Dave Van Horn address, you know, the bat piece where, you know, at times we struggled a little bit last year. And then lastly, Arkansas received a commitment from left-handed pitcher Stone Hewlett out of Kansas. He's a senior that has one year of eligibility in this for next season. And this past season at Kansas, he averaged a 468 ERA with 42 strikeouts and 13 walks and 42.1 innings pitched. So, you know, you see Dave Van Horn going out and addressing issues that, you know, will help Arkansas on this next season as well. So what do you think about those commits we got, Seth? Well, he went out and got a, a, a experienced outfielder in Ty Wilmsmeyer, and, you know, it's it's still to kind of be determined on how our outfield is going to shake out next year with Warfarin and several players that are still kind of up in the air on where they're going to land. Um, and then, obviously, the, the the biggest one that stands out to me is the shortstop commitment from Wahiwa Aloy. I'm hoping we're saying that correctly. You, you Obviously, shortstop wasn't really a uh, – a strong point. I'm not going to say it was a weak point for us this year because we did have some pretty, pretty stellar defensive playing, but you know, between Bolton and Harold Cole out there when he was out there, some, I don't think we had too many issues from a fielding standpoint. It was definitely kind of at the plate where it seemed like that shortstop position sometimes came back around to hurt us um, where, where Bolton sometimes struggled. And then Harold Cole, he had some, some bright spots in, the, in some of the games that he started as well. He, he would struggle off and on. So I, Obviously, the competition level in the SEC is going to be a little bit different than than what he saw at Sacramento State. But, I mean, golly, even if you give up 100 points on your average, you're still batting 276 in the SEC. That's that's still very respectable numbers, Um, you know, especially for somebody that that can play that shortstop position well, won that freshman of the year award for their conference and was a freshman All-American. So, Definitely went out and addressed a concern there and got somebody that I think will come in and have an instant impact. Um, and that's not to take away from Jack Wagner, who had a really good year at Tarleton State. They're they're already saying he's a pretty good comparison to Jared Wagner, um, who hit big numbers at a, a smaller school, but has got the the build and the makeup to come in and kind of pick up some some I'm not gonna say slack, but kind of pick up where the other Wagner maybe left off. So uh there's there's definitely some some big upside with some of these players that are transferring in. Very true. I think you see, I think the big piece with Jack Wagner is he's a guy that I think I read where he played a little bit first base. So he could be a guy that comes in and, you know, replaces Brady Slavens that we're losing this year, you know, as he's out of eligibility. But, you know, like you mentioned, there's several pieces we're having to replace. And you see Dave addressing that as, you know, we're having to replace our first baseman. We're having to replace at least, you know, one outfielder due to Wagner being out of eligibility, but you've got Yosenberger and Borfin that, you know, have been invited to the draft and we'll have to see whether they decide to come back after they get where they get drafted at. And then, you know, it'll be interesting to see as far as who, who, who hits the, who, who gets on campus from that recruiting class after the draft here in July. So I believe in Dave Van Horn. He knows what he's doing. You know, he he's another guy that I think it's safe to say he rebuilds every or reloads every year. He doesn't have to do much rebuilding with, you know, the established program he's got here at Arkansas. You know, and kind of similar song as you know that soft that softball had. You know, season didn't end how we wanted it to. You know, really tough way to end the season losing in your home regional. But you know, I think that's something he's getting ready for next season. And we see this with the guys he's got bringing in. So 
think the biggest thing I'm going to be looking for next year is just how well we can avoid the injury bug. And I know you can't you, you can't really blame that on anybody or any any one thing specifically, but just hopefully a little bit of luck kind of goes our way and we were able to field a team consistently from start to finish of the year. I mean, it seemed like this past year so many games almost felt pieced together as far as the way the lineup had to shake out just due to guys not being available, battling injuries. I know Josenberger, Wagner, Stovall, Peyton Holt, John Bolton, um, a plethora of pitchers. It just seemed like so many people were in and out of the lineup throughout the year. It just was hard to create as much consistency as you'd want. And uh, that, that's going to be the one thing that I really hope goes our way this year, just the avoidance of the injury bug if possible. Yeah, that's very true. And that's something, like you said, you can't really avoid it, but hopefully, you know, our strength and conditioning team, you know, works hard to get that, you know, these players in a great shape where they can maybe escape and avoid some of these injuries. But we got coming up here on the Hog Talk segment this week, a player that, you know, is a current player for Arkansas softball, played for South Dakota State from 2020 to 2022, and was the Summit League Player of the Year in 2021. This past season hit 283 with 10 home runs and 51 RBIs. Get ready to welcome to this week's Hog Talk segment, current Razorback softball player Kylie Halverson. We are excited to have us join the Hog Talk segment this week, current Razorback softball player Kylie Halverson. So let's start with you, Kylie. How's life going with you right now? Uh, It's pretty busy, actually. Um, I'm back in Sioux Falls. Uh, I'm doing an internship for my stepdad, so kind of working around that. I wake up in the morning, do my workout, and then I'm to the office by 8. And during my lunch break, I actually go and hit and do some softball stuff uh, just because I feel like that's the best time, the most energy I have. And then after, I just kind of relax. or I, I've been doing some coaching on the side, just a little bit, not too much. But I usually am coaching in the summers, but this is my first time not. So I'm just kind of taking it in the, the free time. So fill us in a little bit on, on what you're interning. What's your, uh, what's the job role or what you're looking into there? Yeah. So um, I'm majoring supply chain right now. And so I'm working with him and his company, kind of just selling um, accessories. He does commercial building and um, houses. And so they sell locks, um, handles, um, bath accessories, stuff like that. So just kind of setting up some uh, clients and trying to sell some stuff. So that's about it. But, you know, it's not bad. It's not bad. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, We'll kind of dive over into more of the softball stuff, I guess. Just basically what was your recruiting process coming out of high school and obviously why, why you chose South Dakota State. Can you kind of walk us through that, go down memory lane a little bit? Yeah. Um. So being – from South Dakota, it's not really a softball state, you know. Um, softball was just sanctioned this year for high school, and so it's not really, not really eye opening here. Um, and so I wasn't that I wouldn't say highly recruited out of high school, and um, I had some interests, but just more like walk on type things, and I just really wasn't looking for that. But I had a few of my teammates; they were older than me. They were committed to South Dakota State. And um, I went on a visit there. I loved the staff. It was the idea of being close to home was really nice as well. And so I kind of just went with that. And I really enjoyed my time there. I made some really great friends, um, lifelong friends. Um, 
great role models and yeah that's just kind of how I ended up there yeah being close to home plays a lot of factors there but fast forward a little bit what really went into your decision to enter the transfer portal and following up on that kind of what led you to choose Arkansas so last summer um I kind of was getting word that my coach was maybe leaving and um turns out it was true and when that happened I was just like you know what there was some things before that where I was like hmm like maybe it's my time to just kind of move on and try something new but when that happened I was just like yeah like I think this is God telling me that it's kind of just time for a new chapter in my life and so um, I entered the transfer portal and honestly it wasn't a bad experience at all Um, some people I feel like get a little overwhelmed but I kind of I knew what I was looking for, if that makes sense. Um, I had two schools in mind, and it so happened to be Arkansas was one of them. Um, they were one of the later schools to contact me, but I, I knew that they had some people on campus and things like that. And um, so they were my second visit. I went on a first, and then I went to them second, and I fell in love. Um, the people are awesome. The Like everyone, support staff, coaching staff, the players, like everyone was awesome. Um, and I just fell in love on my visit and I decided to commit there before I even went on the other three. So that's awesome. I've kind of heard Diffle has that effect on people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Diffle effect. Yeah, that's a real thing. For She's, sure. great. She's great. So actually speaking to coach Diffle, you know, uh, that was kind of one of the things we wanted to ask you about, you know, what, what it's like to play for her and what it's like to play at vocal park with her in that yeah. environment. Yeah. Um, Honestly, she's just like an incredible person. Uh, I mean, we know she's a great coach, right? But softball side, she just loves the people around her. And I feel like you can see that and you can feel that just in the way she talks about us, um, the way she acts around us. Um, and she's just really built something super special here. And I'm so, so grateful to have her as a coach and as a role model. Um, I just love playing for her. And I really just can't say enough for her about her. Um, and then when it comes to Bogle, that place is electric. Um, I'm not sure if you guys knew, but I played there two times prior with South Dakota State. And so I was there my COVID year. And then we played regionals there in 2021, I believe. And uh, it's a little different being on the other side. Let me tell you. Um, something funny was, so we're not used to crowds like that. Uh, well, we weren't right at South Dakota State. And so I think it was Gibby like hit a double. And I'm there to like cut the ball and I can't hear anything like the crowd is just going crazy. And so um, when you're able to experience that as a player, uh, it's just great. And just the the support we have from everyone in the state of Arkansas is just amazing. Some stats a minute ago about how our attendance went up. You'd have to fill me back in on that because it was about about a thousand on average per game. Yeah. From 2022 to this past season, the average attendance for softball went up a thousand people between last year and this year. Wow. And you can feel it. You can feel it. It's incredible. That's very true. And that kind of works into the next question here. So what was that transition like from playing at South Dakota state to coming over to Arkansas and playing in the sec? I I honestly don't think it was uh, too hard for me. Obviously there's a difference in competition, right? Um, You're facing top 25 teams almost every weekend when you're in the SEC conference play, right? And so um, there was a difference there. 
but I just kind of had the same mindset, you know, I'm someone that tries to outwork everyone. Um, I'm in there all the time. And so I just kind of have the same mindset, just do me like I'm here for a reason and just believe in my stuff. And um, I feel like I definitely did that. And I think it got away from me at times this year where I was kind of like, you know, weary, but then um, like I had the people around me to remind me that I'm here for a reason um, and I can just, I can do anything, you know? And so there was a bit of a difference, but I think overall, if you have the right mindset, it was, it was fine. So kind of following up, you know, looking to the future, I guess. So what do you expect or, you know, look forward to seeing from this Arkansas team, Arkansas team next season, as far as how the season kind of will line out? Um, Well, I think this past season we were, we were pretty young, right? Um, We have, obviously like Hannah Gamble and some older people, you know, Callie Turner. Um, but I feel like we went through our ups and downs and we definitely came together through that. And um, so we still have that core group. And then I think we really reloaded. Um, Coach D has a way of doing that, getting people to come. And so um, I'm really looking forward to the year. And I think, I think it'll be great and to just mesh again and kind of, we have some unfinished business. Um, I don't think this past year ended how we wanted to. Um, and so I think that will definitely add some fuel to the fire. And I think everyone's ready to just get back out there and, and work for it. Well, hey, we're glad to hear you're coming back. Caleb kind of gave me a little bit of sneak <laughs> preview of that earlier, too. But <laughs> yeah. here first, folks. She's back. I'm here. Yeah, I think a, a lot of question marks in you. You clearly will probably know more than we do, but I think a big question mark for next season is going to be, you know, where does Arkansas go as far as replacing Janice Dust? That's an arm that is incredible, and it's going to be hard to replace. And I know, like you said, Coach Diefel is working on reloading that. You know, we've already seen the announcements, you know, two new pitchers coming to the pitching staff, you know, the addition of two big bats coming to the lineup. You know, I think mm-hmm. next year's – lineup is definitely going to be very exciting yeah yeah I'd agree um I think that I mean honestly just like jumps out at me is Nia Carter's like numbers I was like 101 hits in one season you know like that's crazy and so and even Bree Bree's got lots of power numbers and I think it just adds you know um we lose Ryland we lost Christina um within the lineup and I think that just having the addition of those two will add add back what we lost you know um and so I think the lineup looks really well as well as pitching you know in the circle I think even last year a lot of freshmen showed up and showed out um Ha especially she did really well and I think it's just going to get better from there and I haven't I haven't I don't know much about the other pitchers but I'm not they they're here for a reason you know what I mean and so I think they're a great addition to the team as well and I don't i we're just going to stay the course and trust what they, what they've got for us. And that's that. I'm going to go off script just a little bit here and uh, ask your opinion on the way the the transfer portal rules work. Now we've, we've had some discussions in previous episodes around how our thoughts are. It's a beneficial thing, a beneficial thing for both the university and students alike. Um, Would you, you know, kind of agree with that? The way people don't have to sit out to transfer, you know, with transferring and things like that. It's it opens up a little bit more of like a free agent type of 
thing that goes on in college athletics that's fairly new, but would you agree that that's probably beneficial for students more so than, than anything? Um, yeah, I would. And I don't, I think a lot of people leave places for different reasons and I, and I don't think that they have to really share those reasons to the public. Um, even though everyone wants an answer, um, it's not really their place. And so I think it's really beneficial for a student athlete to be able to leave a situation that they don't want to be in anymore and go play somewhere else and not have to sit out and like almost be punished for leaving, you know? And so I do think it's really beneficial and I think it's gotten really, it's, it's gotten really big, you know? And so I think there are going to be more rules put in place, but as of now, um, I think, I think it's a really good way for people to uh, navigate their own life. Yeah, I kind of agree with that. that. That's kind of been our thought just in talking to some other ex-players and things like that throughout some of our previous episodes. We think it's a good change. You know, some, some of the other people out there in the world may not think that, but I think, the, the longer this kind of goes on and the, the more people are able to do with it and, and uh, be able to showcase their talents easier. I mean, that's, that's really half the battle right there is just be able to give yourself opportunities. So I think at the end of the day, it's probably the best thing for student athletes. Right. Yeah. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. And you know, that's something that, you know, we've talked about, we've seen Arkansas just benefit really from a lot of that portal stuff, you know, it's like, you know, players like yourself were able to come to Arkansas and, you know, not necessarily rebuild the program, but just reload. You know, we've seen that, you know, almost every year Coach Daffel's been here, she doesn't rebuild the program. She just reloads it once she's got it built here in her, that culture established. Right. right. Yep. I'd agree with that. Heck, I think you even see it in some of the other sports. I know Coach Muss and the basketball program, they're one of the nation's best at going out and finding transfer talent and just reloading every year. So it's, it's definitely been a good thing, I think. Yes, I'd agree with that. And so then kind of with you, so kind of let the, the Razorback fans know when you're not playing softball, what what do you like to do when you're not playing softball? This is going to kind of sound lame. I, I'm going to sound like a grandma here, um, but I'm not sure if you guys knew Christina Foreman. Uh, she was my roommate this past year, and then she's my roommate again this year. But something we like to do in our free time is do puzzles. And so, um, yeah, I, it's it's so entertaining. I have one. Um, actually on my counter inside right now but um, just kind of do puzzles I like to read um, and I also like to work out a lot so um, just keep myself busy and stay active I like moving around I'm not like when I, if I'm not reading if I'm not doing a puzzle I like to kind of be moving around but yeah That's awesome. if I find a good show if I find a good show like I'll watch it but I haven't found one that really sticks out to me yet this year always been bad about doing puzzles like in the winter time when it gets dark outside i don't find myself yep. doing a lot in the summer too busy outside with stuff but yeah winter time right. that's, that's puzzle time for me too yeah that's what i'm saying like uh when we had the ice storm Big uh, time. We, yeah we were we were crushing that thing <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> well hey we uh, really appreciate your time with us today kylie thank you so much for coming on to the show caleb you got any last minute follow-up questions or anything before we let her go yeah, so kind of, you know, Seth got, got into it at the beginning. You know, you've got your internship this summer. So, you know, besides that, any big plans for the summer? Uh, no, I, I don't have too many plans, actually. Uh, I think I kind of want to go see Lenny Melkin in Colorado if I get the chance. But um, not not too much going on. 
Oh, hey, you enjoy your relaxing summer then. Yeah, <laughs> thanks, guys. Like I said, don't, don't work too hard in the internship. <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, thank hey, you. you. Good evening. Appreciate you. Take care. And that was our Hog Talk segment with Kylie Howerson. So, you know, great to have her coming back next season, you know, to play for this Hogs team. You know, as she said, you know, there's going to be unfinished business that this team wants to, you know, take care of next season. But with that, you know, don't forget to like and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And thank you again for listening to today's episode of Woolpick Weekly. You know, as always, we'll see you right back here next week.